Well, good morning, friends, and welcome to Let's Talk. Here we are on Theology Tuesday. I'm Rocky Stevenson, pastor of Benoni Bible Church, and what a joy it is to have you with me here on um, on Radio Pulpit. We've been looking at the 2017 Statement of Faith, and that has formed something of the backdrop for our time on Theology Tuesdays. Let me read to you the next part that we've been looking at in our Statement of Faith. It says, We believe that the mission of the Church is to make disciples of all people groups in all places through the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and to plant and establish local churches to obey all that Jesus taught the apostles, that in loving our neighbors as ourselves, compassionately, practically, and wisely, we image the love of God to all, and that we should do all this in accordance to the scriptures, under the shadow of the cross, and in the power of the resurrection. Today we're going to look at that second part of the statement that says that in loving our neighbors as ourselves, compassionately, practically, and wisely, we image the love of God to all. So welcome to Theology Tuesday with me. So as we now look at this, we're going to be studying this idea of loving our neighbors. And that is something that is such a marvelous reality throughout the scriptures. And it starts off by talking about doing this compassionately. And our mission to love our neighbors as ourselves begins with a deep well of compassion. The gospel of Jesus Christ not only transforms our hearts, but also compels us to extend that transformative love to others. (coughs) In Luke 10, verse 25 to 37, Jesus, in the parable of the Good Samaritan, exemplifies this compassion. The Samaritan doesn't just pass by the wounded man, but actively engages in compassionate, sacrificial care. And this story illustrates that our love for our neighbors must be marked by a compassion that goes beyond mere sentiment. It moves to the practical, the self-sacrificial action, this father-they-know-not-what-they-do mentality of our Lord Jesus Christ. Mankind has been made in the image of God and are deserving of dignity. The fact that they are in the image of God demands a love from us. If God never withheld his love from sinful man, how can we as saved sinners ever from our fellow sinners? Hence, we are commanded to even love our enemies in the scriptures. Part of the point that Jesus has made in the parable of the Good Samaritan is that reality. To the Jews, they would have never thought that a Samaritan would care for a Jew. But that's part of the point that Jesus made. This practical love also is emphasized in this section in the Statement of Faith. Loving our neighbor practically. This practical love is the natural outworking of true compassion. In James 2 verse 14 to 17, this emphasizes the need for actions to accompany our faith. It's no use And this is what James says. He says, What use is it, my brothers, if someone says that he has faith, but he has no works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is without clothing and in need of daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, be warmed and be filled, and yet you do not give them what is necessary for their body, 
What use is that? Even so, faith, if it has no works, is dead by itself. I do want to emphasize what James says there in regard to this being brother or sister. I do think that there is a closer element in regard to those that are part of the household of faith. When we see a brother or sister suffering, <coughs> what do we do regarding this? Are we willing to go the extra mile to care and love and clothe and visit and love love on? See, loving practically also involves meaning uh, you know meeting tangible needs in matthew 25 verse 35 to 36 jesus says for i was hungry and you gave me something to eat i was thirsty and you gave me something to drink i was a stranger and you invited me in naked and you clothed me and i was sick and you visited me i was in prison and you came to me there our lord jesus is speaking about whether whenever you do something for the least of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. You actually do it for Jesus. Remember what Jesus said to Paul when he was still going by the name Saul on the way to Damascus and he was persecuting the church of Jesus. He says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And Saul says, well, who are you, Lord, that, that I'm persecuting? He says, I'm Jesus who you're persecuting. The point is Jesus is intricately connected to his church. When there are those part of the church of the Lord Jesus that are being martyred or imprisoned or being made to be naked or being persecuted for the cause of Christ, we need to be those that stand together with them. There are great organizations even here in South Africa like Voice of the Martyrs. If you want to get a hold of them, you're welcome to look them up online. If you don't know how to get a hold of them, you can always email me at Rocky Stevenson at, um, excuse me, pastor at bononibiblechurch.co.za that's pastor at bononibiblechurch.co.za and then I'll be able to put you in touch in touch with voice of the martyrs we should be those that are caring for those that are being persecuted knowing that when we do this we do it as unto Jesus that is a loving of our neighbor even in a practical sense but even when our enemy has done something wrong we ought to do good to them. If he's hungry, we should feed him. If he's naked, we should clothe him. This is part of this practical love that we have towards those that are our neighbors in this world. If we are to love our neighbors like this, how much more so should we love those that are part of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ? You could look around you in at your own local church. Where are some of the practical needs that you are able to meet? And this demonstrates that our mission goes far beyond words. It extends into the practical deeds that address the real tangible needs of our neighbor. So then it says, loving our neighbor wisely. So as we embark on the call to love our neighbors, you see, it's not just good to say that we should love in a compassionate or practical way. We also are called biblically to love wisely and i think that that's where the great caveat comes in regard to the love that we are to have towards others because you might pause me and say well you know pastor rocky what are you trying to say i'll actually live with nothing i won't have anything to put on the on the table for my kids if i'm to live the way that you're telling me to do here practically and if i'm supposed to do this compassionately and if i look around me there's just too many needs i mean there's far too many needs to actually even go to bed tonight without dying for the needs of everybody else. And this is where the Bible calls us to love wisely. And as we embrace the call to love our neighbor, 
we are also urged to do so wisely. Proverbs 19.20 says, listen to advice and accept discipline, and at the end you will be counted among the wise. Our love should be discerning and guided by the wisdom that is found in God's word. At times there are consequences that have led people towards the specific circumstances that they are in. They have rebelled against authority. They have rebelled against mother and father. They have not worked. They have not cared. They have not looked after their their children, etc. And they have brought consequences on themselves. There are many a times where people that are in prison are there because they really did commit murder or they really did commit theft, etc. These are areas where we need to be wise in the way in which we will, um, let's say, practically meet some of these needs. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 23 reminds us that while everything is permissible, not everything is beneficial. So love must be something which is carried out wisely. So wise love considers the long-term impact, ensuring that our actions align with God's principles and contribute to the holistic well-being of our neighbors. Remember what happened with the prodigal son? That father left the son in the pigsty. It was only until the son repented and where the son came to his senses that you have the father run to meet him and throw a feast for him and to celebrate because his son was dead but now his son was alive. Love loves even inside of, there's often what's called a tough love. And there is a wisdom that is played out with this. Now, the book of Galatians also encourages us to not grow weary of doing good, especially to the household of faith. And that implies that there is a general doing good to all mankind and a special kind of doing good to the household of faith. We are do-gooders because of the good that has been done by God to us. So we are do-gooders. We're not goody-two-shoes in that sense, because it's only God who is good, but in his mercy he has saved us. But we did not do good to get saved. Good was done by Jesus alone to the glory of God alone. And we are the beneficiaries of the goodness of God, and therefore we now do good. Because of what good God has done for us, we begin to do good ourselves. We were never saved by good works, but we were saved for good works, prepared beforehand that we would walk in them. We are saved by faith alone, but faith that saves never remains alone. It is that which accompanied is accompanied by the good works of a Christian life where the fruit is there because of the root that is inside of Christ. Now, the the mandate to love our neighbors is deeply rooted in the theological foundation of our faith, the great commandment of our Lord Jesus that is found in Matthew 22, verse 37 to 39, encapsulates the essence of our mission. Jesus declares that the greatest commandment is to love God with all our heart, soul, and mind, and the second is like it, to love our neighbor as ourselves. This divine mandate shapes our mission and directs us to embody God's love in all aspects of our lives. So as we conclude Theology Tuesday today, this session together, let us remember that our mission to love our neighbors is a reflection of the divine love that we've received. Compassion, practically, and wise in the way that we do this. These are 
pillars of that mission of loving our neighbor as we love ourselves. And the scriptures, under the shadow of the cross and in the power of the resurrection, guide us on in this transformative journey as those that honor the Lord Jesus Christ. If you ever want to get a hold of me, you're welcome to do that at pastor at bononibiblechurch.co.za. It is always a joy to hear from you, and I look forward to being with you a little bit, li- a little bit later on Skriftilik. Amen.